0: welcome to empower humans welcome again to the empower humans podcast this is episode 64 my friends i'm so excited today we've got the one and only super talented super energetic tons of great impressions comedian greg morton as our guest uh, in a wonderful interview that we had here and greg morton uh, for those who may not know Uh, has been in stand-up comedy for decades uh, going on 40 years he was on the 2019 season of America's Got Talent and made it uh, quite far uh, in that as well and wowing the judges wowing the audiences wowing us tv folks my kids are huge fans of Greg now too Uh, you know I saw Greg back uh, probably 15 years ago uh, a few times and have been a big fan uh, since before he got super famous on TV. So I'm special, but uh, I saw Greg uh, in Vegas a few times and uh, just a league of his own. Kind of like a Robin Williams in his own way, with his own style. and uh, that's that's not some exaggeration. Greg is super talented with all the things that he does. And the energy I was I told him in the listen to the interview, I was laughing for days uh, <laughs> talking and thinking about all the stuff that we saw on the show rolling on the floor, laughing like this. So I want to remind you our audience as always, the same things. You are priceless. Uh, nothing can take that away. You are absolutely beyond all the riches of this world. The riches are found in you. And don't ever forget that. Don't let anyone tell you or treat you otherwise. And uh, along with that, you're never alone. So keep that in mind, please. Contact, reach out to me if you need to, empowerhumans.com or at empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. Along with that, as always, our challenges. Since we got an interview here, I'm just going to challenge you. Study, keep studying, start studying. Greg talks in this interview about studying. He had to study uh, becoming a disc jockey and an announcer and comedy, of course and get out and do things as well, just to get uh, better at them over time. And so study, learn, grow. That's uh, one of the beautiful things in life. That's what keeps life uh, exciting as well. Study, learn, grow, make great moments. Our other challenge for you with your loved ones in particular, surprise people, love people, love is a verb, an action item, not just a noun. So these are all things about making great moments. And our last challenge is always, let's keep doing this podcast together. Uh, This interview with Greg is so great, and he opens up on so many areas intimately about stand-up comedy, the dark side of comedy, all kinds of different things. So, without further ado, enjoy our interview with the incredibly talented and legendary Greg Morton. We are here with the extremely talented Greg Morton, comedian who uh, I've been a fan of for a number of years, actually well over a decade, quite frankly, Greg. (laughs) And uh, uh, also... Wow. Alumni now of America's Got Talent, as of season here, twenty nineteen. How you doing today, Greg?
1: Good, Phil. How you doing?
0: Good, man. Good. I'm in Las Vegas, starting to cool off. Finally, it was you know 130 all summer, so <laughs> we're starting to oh, cool my down. Goodness. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, it sounds like heaven to me.
0: Yeah. Well, you've been to Vegas. In fact, I've seen you in Vegas at least two or three times uh, over the yeah. years, uh, as the fan that I am. But uh, tell me a little about. Uh, yeah, your background, we'll get into all the other stuff. I just, you know, I like to go chronologically how we get to this moment and where we're going from here. So tell me, where did you grow up, Greg?
2: Okay, well, I started out as a baby. Yes. So I, um... <laughs> Same here. I, went, <laughs> yeah. I was born in, uh, Winnipeg, and, uh, my parents they moved to, to Ontario, Canada. Uh, and, uh, because my, my family, my, on my dad's side, were, were, were based there. And, uh... So I grew up there just as a kid, uh so small town called Woodstock, Woodstock, Ontario,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: is about an hour and a half Southwest of Toronto.
0: Okay, Growing up in a lot of good comedians have come out of Canada. I mean, we're talking a whole bunch, a bunch of guys and gals on Saturday night live. And Jim Carrey, I believe came out of Canada. Well, and, and Jim of course, Carrey, uh,
2: John Candy, um,
0: Let's see who else.
2: Uh, Martin Short. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Norm Norm
0: McDonald. Legends. Yeah, and and the legendary Greg Morton, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> so, you, uh, you, and why is there something about Canada that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's all the ice hockey or something. What is it about Canada that gets everyone so funny? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, well, uh, stand up is an observational sport, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all based on observations, and we happen to be your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So we can look over the fence and, and observe. You know, we get all of your media and all the things that you do. We're all we're steeped in in your culture, shall we say. You know, so we get all the channels and the shows and that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, but
2: it's quite different living in the United States and, and watching it, you know, for, or... I, I I always thought it would be so similar to ours, and it is quite different.
0: Hmm. Well, plus in Canada you got a little bit different. You, they say a boot and all these other different Canadian a and all. <laughs> but those are all side oh, notes. Absolutely. But what is it uh, in, along your trajectory as a child? What was it that steered you towards comedy? And obviously, you you do these voices and cartoon voices and all these various things. What was it that kind of started you on this path?
2: Well, I really didn't know that you could do this as a living., well, i would seen people do it, but I never really gave it much thought. So my early influences were uh, let's see Philip Stiller. I really liked Phil Stiller when I was a kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we my dad and I used to watch her on the Ed Sullivan show. Sure. And uh, of course, Cosby and all the Bill Cosby records, we would mimic those, and we have them all memorized. And we'd act those out at school. That was a major influence. And then I had the teacher, an English teacher, who brought in Bob Newhart's the button-down mind. And uh, one routine in particular, the uh, driving instructor, which I, I just loved. Loved so much that I actually um, took that and copied it and used it as a basis for my own routine in high school. Mm. that. So I was always on stage in high school. I was always doing skits and plays and things like that, a lot of stand-up routines. Mm -hmm. So um, then I got to college. uh, My English teacher, again, same thing, English instructor, he he knew that, well, I was taking classical animation at the time, Mm -hmm. and he knew that we weren't real bookworms. So he'd take us out (laughs) to things that, he expose us to things that he thought would help us in our careers. You know, he'd take us to plays. He'd take us to Second City. He'd take us to uh, stand up comedy clubs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the first time I went to the stand up comedy club, wow, well, I was just bitten. I, <laughs> and I saw Howie Mandel for the first time. Oh, wow. He was doing one of his characters. I he laughed. He, it was so funny, just fall on the floor funny. He just killed it. And uh yeah. that really stuck with me. So a friend of mine and I, we got together and we formed a group. And uh he used to play guitar and write songs and I would write the lyrics. And of mm-hmm. course they weren't filthy because I was in college.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
2: uh we we wrote these funny we did we did these funny, dirty songs in every different genre possible, like the blues, country and western rock. And uh, just really fun songs, <laughs> and uh, so we went there with uh, our whole class, all of our classmates, and of course we killed the first time up on stage, and we got invited back. And the second time, our classmates weren't there, and we did not do well at all. In fact, we bombed. Mm. And uh, but hey, it was a good lesson. Yeah. And the lesson was that you know this other older comedian, he said was. He said, listen, guys, you're not going to get anywhere unless you work clean. You got to work clean. <laughs> and uh, so that, that was really good advice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I think so. You know, when you first start out, you know, it's easy to get that shock laugh. Yes. And, but but I, I. at the same time, I do understand that. I, I understand that it's difficult to get a laugh when you first start, and and, uh, you know, you're very insecure and you, you're not sure how it's going to go. You know, what your feelings are. Uh, comedy is a very personal endeavor. So when you throw yourself out there personally, uh, you know, it, 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 the wounds feel deeper, shall we say, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you talk about this, and by the way, and I would just say this, uh, there's two types of people that really fascinate me. One of them is stand-up comedians, and the other is serial killers. And <laughs> not that there's any correlation, except maybe there's a certain kind of insanity <laughs> uh, on both right. ends. And because I, so many people can't, comp- we all, for the most part, love comedy. We all love to laugh. But the idea of getting up on stage and what possesses somebody to do that and be that is just fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I've just, I've always been fat. I've watched all these uh, shows about oh, comedian. Go ahead. Well, here's
2: the thing, Phil. If your little voice in your head says that you need to do this, or you're compelled to do it, you just do it, and it doesn't matter what it is—stand-up uh, comedy or plumbing. Uh, <laughs> you just feel that you have to do. You're good at it, and you feel, like, or you feel that you would be good at it, and you just do it. It's just like anything else, really. I mm-hmm. think it just seems it has more of a mystique because it seems a lot more difficult to do. You know, it's with some people. It's not a skill that you can learn. You can learn certain things about it, yeah, but you can't learn stage presence, for example, or you can't learn funny. You know, either you're funny or you're not.
0: Yeah, true story, true story. I mean, you talk about voices in your head. That's one correlation. If there's a voice in your head telling you to be a comedian, but that could be, like you said, a plumber or a computer program or any number of zillions of jobs, but
2: Exactly. Exactly. You, got you, you know, you should, you, you should do uh, the thing that you're compelled to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about when people first go on stage and I hear this a lot. I've listened to Kevin Hart's book and stuff. People, a lot of times will do real well at first, uh, the first time or two, and then run out of material or bomb within the first two to three tries. It was that kind of, you talked about you bombed the second time that you went up there. Have you bombed much over the years or... <laughs>
2: oh yeah, everybody bombs. If you don't bomb, you're not trying.
0: Yeah. You're
2: yeah. not trying hard enough. And uh, it was the same when I decided to go into stand-up as a career. I, I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this. First time, I went up on stage as just a pure, straight stand-up. And I killed. Invited all my friends out and then I bombed. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you have to... That's the whole thing. It's... You... You figure out where you're funny and where the audience. Yeah. Fun. And it, the two meet, they overlap, they cross and where they overlap. That's you. That's your material. That's your style. Yeah. That's where you're going to go. You know?
0: And when you bomb, whether it's comedy or anything, cause you know, anyone listening might be doing any number of things, uh, in the world. But it's kind of how you frame it, isn't it? If you frame it as "oh, I failed," I better just go off and do this other thing instead, and not get back on stage. Or this was a learning experience, and I'm grateful for it, and onward and upward, <laughs> kind of. Because if not, you wouldn't be here now, thirty some odd, forty years later, right?
2: I guess so, so but somehow it seems more personal. Yeah, I mean, I I got to tell you, it just, it's just—it's a horrible, horrible feeling. I I mean, you can actually feel it in your nerves. It actually feels like it stings or it tingles. It's an odd feeling and you can feel it in your chest and, uh, Mm. it's not fun at all. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, so unless you really need to do it and then if you really need to do it, then well, by God, just jump off the cliff, just go ahead, go for (laughs) it. But, uh, otherwise I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend it for a lot of people. Now, some people, I don't. You know, you never know with, with, where they're going to go or where they're going to end up. But if I tell somebody no and they still do it, well, then they were meant to do it. Yeah. But if I say if I say no and they go, well, oh, okay, and then they well, then they were never meant to
0: do it right so right i mean it's something that has to come I mean, from from within i mean something lit a fire in not, you that was strong enough that in spite of bombing here and there <laughs> and that feeling you describe which i appreciate you getting so kind of intimate and personal about it to so that those of us who who don't engage in that sort of activity often uh, or at all can realize oh this is what goes this is kind of the the dark side of a <laughs> part of the dark side of, of comedy
2: the weird thing about it is, there, it's a hyper-real sensation. It, uh, that's the way I would describe it. You can feel everything almost to the point of being psychic. Like you can, it's almost like you can feel people's thoughts, <laughs> their emotions.
0: Yeah, I don't doubt all it. All of
2: your sensibilities are heightened, and that's why it feels so strong. And uh, I know uh, myself. I've been up on stage many times, and I guess people's professions and what they do or what their character was like. Now, obviously, there are cues that I read from people's body language or what they're wearing or Mm -hmm. or things that they say. But on an unconscious level, I'm capped in. I can really – and and sometimes it astounds me.
0: (laughs) It's kind Uh, of a developed... People
2: go like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. How did you know that's exactly what this person is like? And I I go like, well, I don't. I don't. I didn't know that. I just, I'm all, I'm just, I'm an open vessel at that point. And everything's coming in. Yeah. It's really, really quite cool. But you see, I had a lot of practice. You know, I was, uh, I started out as a uh, mobile disc jockey. Yeah. And when I was 16 years old. And so I had to read crowds. And if they weren't dancing, I'd have to find something that they would dance to. Yeah. And I got to learn how to read crowds at a very early age, 16 years old. That's the <laughs> first time I went out and DJed a, a dance. Because I'm a huge music lover. My, my whole family is. And we yeah. had a lot of records back then. And I would pull all of the records together. We did our first gig, a friend of mine and I, and we, we did a wedding. And man, I got to tell you, that's. <laughs> that's pretty scary in itself because <laughs> yeah. you've got to get in front of the microphone and you've got to talk and you've got to say things. What are we, what are we going to say? I don't know what to say. We're just <laughs> you have to make mm-hmm. these announcements and speeches and, yeah. and all the time. But you know what? You just get, you just do it and you do it over and over again. until the fear subsides.
0: Yeah. You developed these, these qualities and talents by doing it. And I think that's a good message Uh, for anyone doing anything, but comedy and performing arts, also in particular, by getting out and doing it, even when you're failing, even when when you didn't have a good night or whatever the situation, that that's how you're getting better. Uh, So, so you you started with this disc. Did you like doing the DJ thing, uh, this uh announcer kind of thing that you were doing? Oh,
2: I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, It just doesn't pay, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not like stand-up pays either, but but, uh, um, you know, I I love music so much and uh, I didn't just do DJ, you know, I was a lot different than everybody else. I tried to make mine a show. So I had costumes and I had little skits that I did Mm -hmm. uh, with my assistant or by myself and I tried to make it funny and humorous and Loosen people up before they even got to the dance floor. And it worked. And uh, I had a whole shtick. uh, While I was in animation, I I discovered that that wasn't the thing that I was meant to do. Just didn't feel right, you know. And I'm going like, well, I still have my mobile disc jockey service. I'll do that until I figure out what the heck I'm going to do. And uh, something will come along. I'll figure it out. So I, I thought to myself, how can I make this a business? So yeah. The time off that I had, I started drawing, and I drew up a logo with my a caricature of my face, and uh, I called myself Greg Morton, that crazy DJ, like you know, like <laughs> wild and crazy guy after that sketch from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I came up with all these different ideas on how to market myself, and uh, I really went full on. I thought, well, if I'm going to do this. For the next couple of years, let's let's really do this. I want to be the best <laughs> DJ I can be. Yeah. I got books, and I studied, and we didn't even have internet, so no. there were no books available on DJing, hardly <laughs> any. I found one, I don't know how, but there's a <laughs> lead bin in, uh, in a bookstore, and it was from the UK. It was how to DJ. It was...
0: <laughs> <laughs> the olden <laughs> days. Hilarious. Yeah.
2: Hilarious. Yeah, it's... But, cr- yeah, I mean but that's what you do that's all i knew how to do is it's just study if you don't know something you study everything
0: yeah it's all about acquiring the skills and the knowledge i mean that's what it gets down to and these days you speak of the internet everything we want fast fun and easy all the time whether you go to youtube oh yeah. i'll watch a video of someone teach me how to do this or that or even stand up i'm sure <laughs> and and somehow i'll be i'll be able to go have my my netflix or hbo special next week Uh, But it's just not that way.
2: (laughs) Apparently, that's what everybody seems to think is how it works. But look at me. I mean, I spent 35 years in the business, uh, 40 if you count my misfires. And uh, I got to say, I it it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not happen overnight. But everybody wants it to happen overnight. They've got it all planned where they'll do a couple of weeks. Mm. as <laughs> the, the m c then they're going to get bumped up the middle, and then they'll be headlining by the end of the
0: year. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's good that we'd be realistic on anything, and I think that's true across the board of, I mean, you don't have doctors coming out to, you know, oh, kindergarten, well, and now we're a surgeon. Thank God. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. God. <laughs> yeah. No one would want but, that.
2: But, but, I mean, look, come on.
0: I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. I... Uh, it, it's childlike thinking. Yeah, it's uh, so we ought to hammer that into ourselves and our kids. I've got a couple kids, by the way. They're oh. fans of yours, too. I've got a 7- uh, and 10-year-old at the moment, and they loved the stuff you were doing America's Got Talent. I said, you know what? I've seen this guy here in Vegas multiple times. <laughs> and uh, super. I was so excited to see you go up on America's Got Talent. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, real fast, we talk about this... Uh, uh, dark side of comedy kind of thing have you experienced yeah. that because uh, you've probably known a number of comedians over the years or maybe within your yourself there's there's this front of fun and laughing and all this great joy and stuff on stage and then so many comedians or, or performers in general because I you know I'm a musician myself I play the drums uh, you see kind of behind the scenes things fall apart or there's some demons uh, have you experienced or seen that as part of your involvement in the comedy world
2: yeah i've known a few guys that have uh, uh, killed themselves and uh,
0: Mm, i'm sorry to hear that
2: i really don't know what goes on or what goes through their minds i know that it's a very tough business and sometimes you feel like it's hopeless It, it feels like you'll never get a break and i always thought to myself well this has happened a few years ago, About, I'd say about 10 years ago, I was feeling quite despondent and I went, you know, I just need to enjoy the moment because who knows, these may be the best days of my career. This must, this may be the fun times,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, where I don't have to worry about anything. I'm not so busy that I, (laughs) I don't have have time to, have any time to myself so I should enjoy these moments yeah. so I'll just keep my head down and keep working and hopefully one day I'll look up and I'll be there and that's exactly what happened but sometimes it just doesn't feel like lady luck is on your side and uh, things pass you by now um, you know we, we get to spend a lot of times a lot of time by ourselves Yeah, and uh, that's when you're with the demons, you know the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the demons that are lurking in the darkness, and they come out. They play on your ego and your insecurities, mm. and uh, it's a very it's very hard.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of very talented people that, uh, and various things happen. Whether they get sucked in with some sort of substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, and so on, or like you talk about in somewhat worst case well, most scenarios.
2: Canadians most comedians are very insecure people. Yeah. And uh, so, and they're seeking approval from complete strangers. <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a whole uh, set of therapy sessions. too. I mean, I, for one, growing up, I, I've i never done stand-up. Maybe I'll give it a shot one of these days, but I, I, don't, uh, I don't for a second sit back and think, oh, that's easy. I could do that. Anyone, because I, you know, I've talked to a few comedians and I've watched all these shows. I realize... There's a lot of way more work goes into looking flawless on stage, but uh, yeah. I, you
2: wouldn't believe, I mean, it takes a good 10 years to finally say at the end of it, you know what? I'm starting to figure out how this works.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And even then you're still trying to figure out how it works. And that's what I love to do. My point. When I'm with other comedians, I love, sitting down after the show and talking about things and what worked and what didn't and why didn't it work. And sometimes we'll figure it out. Sometimes we'll go like, well, what if you changed this word here to that word? Mm. Or maybe it was the timing or you know what? You got nervous and you rushed. You were going way too fast. You know, the thing is with comedy is not to be afraid of the silence. Yeah, That's where your timing comes from because you want to build tension. Yeah. And every, time you, and every time you break that tension, that's when you get the laugh. Yeah. So yeah. I've always said to up, new and upcoming comedians don't be afraid of the silence. Now don't ignore it. You shouldn't ignore it, but you should embrace it in a in a, in a way.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a a science to all that. You could get excited about kind of exploring the the theories behind what makes people laugh and not picking a different word here and there and different timing. Uh, and instead of sometimes falling into where the demons might grab you, maybe, uh, grabbing onto this, how can I better this or help this other comedian? they They say
2: that, uh, certain words that have a hard K sound or a K sound, uh, those are funny words, <laughs> and uh, so you'll hear those a lot. And uh, what else have uh, I learned? Oh gosh, <laughs> a lot of you know what a lot of guys do when they start. A lot of uh, young comedians do. They don't wait for the audience to
0: laugh.
1: They oh, they just keep going. That's joke.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes some sense. I. Uh, like i say i'm a connoisseur of comedy or at least i like to think i am i've i've watched zillions of comedians and uh over the years you, you just kind of get a feel for different styles and stuff and some are more dirty and some are this or that <laughs> but right, i right. For, for me personally well, yeah, i i just love all things comedy being a
2: drummer you being a drummer you would all you would know all about timing right
0: well it's all about yeah timing and getting the beats yeah. and rhythms yes sir wow <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. So
2: it, it just like the, uh, you know, the, the, the traditional, that you'll hear after the, uh, yeah, this, uh, the rim shot or whatever they call it, uh, in comedy. You know, Letterman, he used to do that. Yeah. All the time. He'd tell a joke and then he'd say, but you know, which is the same rhythm as the drum beat. <laughs> it's the same exact rhythm.
0: Great observation. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a great observation. Love Letterman. And so after all these years of doing the comedy, what possessed you to let's go, uh, you know, America's got talent. Let's go audition and do this whole thing. And what was that process like?
2: Well, they found me actually, uh, I had a thing that went viral. Some clips that went viral on, uh, my dry bars from my dry bar special, mm-hmm. dry bar comedy. It's out of Utah. And, uh, these guys from Vid A.J., they got together and they wanted to create family entertainment, family-friendly entertainment so Mm -hmm. people could sit down with their families and watch and not be offended or have to cover their kids' ears or eyes (laughs) or what have
0: you. Right.
2: Just clean comedy. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I had some clips go viral on that. They spotted that and they gave me a call. This was around uh, November of last year. And the next thing I know, I'm doing a story interview, and I'm on this show. But <laughs> I can't tell anybody I'm on the show. <laughs> so I'm carrying around the secret, and I'm waiting for this time to come. And they fly me down to Los Angeles, and uh, I, I do the audition. And I come out, and you got to remember, the judges don't see anybody. So they're just as surprised as you are when you watch at home.
0: On television, they?
2: And they go through so many different acts and some of them don't make it. They don't, uh, they go like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Mm. And you don't even see them on TV. Sometimes they might have a bit of a montage where they'll show a number of acts that they yeah. make it. But and I saw people crack. I mean, there was this one lady and she was praying. They're like, Oh Lord and Jesus. And, I thought she was going to squeeze my hand off. She was like, there's people out there. Well, yeah, there's people out there in <laughs> the audience. audience. Yes, sir. I don't know what she was thinking, but it, it scared her to death. Mm. And I think she actually psyched herself out. Her nerves, you know, she had, yeah. she had a really rough time, mm.
0: but she
2: was a good singer too. She had a good voice.
0: Yeah. It's a tough thing. You start to psych yourself out. I, uh, and and i watch watched it. So I wonder as an audience member at home, and I think some people I kind of, maybe I'm a cynical guy where I wonder, well, how much of this is kind of rigged? Like, do the judges know, Hey, Greg Morton's coming out and, and we're going to let him through. And we're going to have this other one that, that is just kind of silly. And, and then Simon gives them the X and, <laughs> I, but I guess it's not, you're telling me that none of that's rigged. It's the producers bring in people and they, uh, and the judges have their say. And that's that.
2: Uh- well, they purposely bring in certain people that are really wild that they know will get that kind of reaction. Yeah, uh, from the judges, and that's for entertainment value. Sure. And at the end of the day, you have to remember it's an entertainment show. You know, it's a variety show, and it's a part reality show too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right.
2: It's it's a popularity contest. So,
0: yeah, in a manner of speaking, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So uh, this whole process, uh, you have to you, you kind of devise new material or bring out some of your old guns. Of you've got decades of material already, I'm sure to to have something no, new not, to do every no, perfor- performance.
2: No, this is what happened. Okay, uh, I went on and I did the Star Wars routine.
0: Yeah, and that was great.
2: Destroy uh, uh, oh, me, Luke. Yeah, screw it, young Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing that, and I've done that so many times. I think I've done it for 20 years. I know that backwards and forwards. Yeah. It always kill, kills. Yeah. And after I was finished, the segment producer said, Great. You got any more of those? <laughs> and I said, "And I said, well, I do have this one. And I only can't do that. Well, how about this one? Ah, uh, we can't do that one either. Well, so, how about this one? No, we can't. Do, well, well, what can we do?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I ended up creating three new routines after that uh, first one. Completely new routines. And uh, I said, well, look, this is how I create these mm-hmm. uh, these montages or mashups. Uh, hmm you know I I'll, I'll take these movies and the famous lines and I'll do impressions of them and uh, and I under that is a, a bed of music now mm-hmm. we couldn't get licensed music uh, because uh, of copyright. But, well uh, in some cases they it was just too much money yeah okay. you know, in some cases the paying for the rights to a song it can be as high as 17 thousand dollars. That's what they were looking at.
0: Mm. You
2: get uh, one particular song that uh, one of the contestants wanted. So it's a lot of money, right? Goodness. So uh, so you go to this library and uh, it's a music library that has a whole bunch of music beds and I would try to find things that were similar in tone and had that emotion mm-hmm. and uh, they would edit that. We'd get that piece together and that would be my music for my song. And then the lyrics would be the voices and the lines that I had come up or created.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so,
2: a, a lot like a song. That's how I, uh, I approach
0: it. Yeah. And that, and that's the tough thing with TV, or, you know, anything in the grand scale like that where you've got uh, copyright things, were they worried about using any of these voices? Because I guess you doing an impression is not necessarily a copyrighted (laughs) Darth Vader and Bugs Bunny.
2: I I could do the impression, but I couldn't do the impression with a picture of the person up on the screen. Yeah, And that was problematic too because some people who aren't as film savvy or cartoon savvy as you and I you know, they would get lost and they wouldn't know where I was. Well, like, no. what is he doing that? Who is he doing now? Yeah. yeah. Even though the, the impressions were spot on. And that's why I did the famous lines of the characters so that you'd recognize them right away. Yeah. That coupled with the voice. You'd go like, oh, yes. And then you paint the picture in your mind. Yeah. And then I would move them around or place them in certain places and so that they'd have a rhythm to them and they would go and arc upwards and
0: forwards and the motion until they finally peaked and then BAM! <laughs> and
2: then the big standing O at the end.
0: Yeah, it was great and yeah. by the way my kids were their favorite thing was the uh Gollum from Lord of the Rings that she did. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, like I have a whole a Lord of the Rings bit that I do, you know that, but I couldn't do it because it remained in that world and they would have to pay for the licensing for that licensed product. Uh probably be a lot because i mean lord of the rings is a huge franchise yeah
1: right? sure three, is.
2: three lord of the rings movies and three hobbit movies i mean that's a lot yeah we even had to get permission from disney just to do star wars I had to write out the full script what i was going to say what i was going to do what order everything
0: <laughs> well that's that's tv and performing arts uh, on that scale so having done all that now and by the way I think I echo most of America in saying you did an excellent excellent job and we're proud as heck uh, of you albeit a neighbor from Canada and we're grateful that you came over to give us your talent and share that with us oh thank you what, uh, what I mean where do we go from here Greg Where's, what goals and so on do we have moving forward well um, you've got this tour
2: already happening some of the things are already happening. I'm doing some auditioning Great. Uh, for, for you know, animated uh, cartoons. And I'm also uh, looking at that Vegas show. It's still been a goal of mine for a long time, um, more than 10 years now. And I am closer to that than I have ever been. Awesome. I tried to make a Vegas show by making it sort of a one-person variety show. It is mm-hmm. quite different than what everybody else is doing. It's not straight stand-up, and there are song parodies and impressions and and uh, just a little bit of ventriloquism, this, that, everything, the whole mix. And uh, I think I have a good Vegas show. Well, you know, I, I work out there at the uh, the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, yeah. which is where I'll be in uh, for New Year's Eve.
0: Cool. I'll and to I check just you got out.
2: back from uh, Brad Garrett's. I think I did that about two months ago. I was at Brad Garrett's at the MGM.
0: Yeah, I've seen you over there in the past. Yeah. Well, and, and this uh, another great club. Yeah. yeah, great clubs, and you know you can't beat Vegas too, except it's 130 in the summer. But oh. New Year's Eve, it won't be. For me, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll take you out to the pool. I just uh, this. <laughs> one thing I want to tell you, though. Cause I know you got to run soon. Busy man. I just,
2: it's challenging. Believe me. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, my dad, ba-
2: you have to compete with fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <go
0: ahead>. No, <laughs> that's true. I no the other thing I was going to say to you in the 1970s, I wasn't born yet. My dad was, uh, he went to see open Mike. They lived in LA and stuff. He went, you know, the comedy store, but legendary venue down there. And, uh, Sure enough, Robin Williams, it was kind of open mic night, comes on stage. And everyone's just laughing like crazy. And my dad describes it as when he, when he was done, everyone's just laughing. And they knew it was funny, but they didn't know what to make of it because there's nothing to equate it with. And, and I'll say wow. that the first time I saw you, Greg Morton, which I think was over at the Comedy Stop or one of those at the Tropicana. That uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, "Who is this guy?" Because I was just on the floor laughing and for, for days thinking about all the stuff you did too. <laughs> and, and 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 so there's something I can't think of anyone else to compare you with other than someone who's kind of in this realm of their own, Robin Williams. And you've got your own style that's not his, but you're you're in your a realm of your own. And I just wanted to kind of let you know that. And uh, that's. Oh,
2: thank you, man. (laughs) Well, I. I, Improv was a big thing for me when I first started. And when I first saw improv, um, I knew that that was something really cool. If I I married that with stand up, I have something different and unique. Mm -hmm. Now, I got a lot of pushback
1: Mm -hmm. when
2: I first started in stand up. And a lot of people did not like it or agree with it with what I was doing. I experimented. I did a lot of things that were crazy and different. I even did lip syncing <laughs> with with commercials on on a, a TV monitor and uh just really different things that uh, people had not seen on stage. And uh that weren't weren't traditional stand-up. But see that's how I write. I don't write like other people. It's difficult for me to sit down at a desk and and, uh, with pen and paper or in front of a computer. Now, over the years, I've learned to do that and I write all my stuff that way too. But I still improvise a lot and uh, that's where all the creativity comes from. Yeah. It's from just freeing myself. You know, I was very lucky. Like I said, I had this English teacher in uh, college and uh, he invited Martin Short to come to our class to teach wow. improv. Now, can you imagine? <laughs> Martin Short. I couldn't believe it. I love it. And then later on, uh, I'd say a few years later, uh, SCTV came out, and then, of course, the rest is history. Yeah. You know, with Martin Short. And, uh, and I, I always loved... I really fell in love with that, uh, improv at that point. He yeah. took us to Second City quite a few times as well, and I just love that. So I went and I took from... Classes at Second City, and then shortly after that, I got into stand-up. Now, when I first got into stand-up, the first club I did was, believe it or not, it was a room next to a steakhouse uh, on the second floor of this <laughs> old building that was across from the theater. And people would come across and they'd have their steak dinner before they before they went to the theater, and <laughs> you know there'd be all this. <laughs> language would be going through the door, bah, 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 bah. yeah, yeah. People are trying to eat their steak and
1: <laughs>
2: and have their drinks, but it was it was a great place to learn because it was a small, tight room. I remember <laughs> my first check; it was for thirty two dollars. I got thirty two dollars for hosting a show. It's my <laughs> first uh, paid gig, and I I thought I was on top of the world. Yeah, just oh.
0: That's awesome. And
2: I was I was hooked. I thought, man, this is this is it. This is what I want to do. And that's when the voice came to me, and the voice said, "You know, you Greg, you can do this." Yeah. I said, "I don't know how to do this." I well, just go ask that comedian see if you can get some pointers. So I went to the the comedian and I said, "What what do I do? How do I get into this?" I, and he gave me some very good advice, and I I went to town, and the next thing I know, we're working together. Wow. <laughs> you know, and we're. Yeah, yeah, it was it was funny. It took a while, obviously. I would say about two to three years of me kind of flummoxing around until I kind of found my myself and found my way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's I always uh, think about that stuff when people say, It took me two or three years, this and that, and it's easy to say in a couple seconds, but when you think of that two or three years, that must have that must have been a bit of a marathon for you and learning experience and all that. Uh, but... Well,
2: you know, I had other things happening, too, in my life. I was still at oh, my, sure. my DJ my DJ business. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, I need more stage time.
1: Mm.
2: Well, how else? Well, I'm on stage already doing a DJ thing. I'll just do my bits at the beginning of the uh, dance, of every dance. And that way, I'll get my stage time. So it started out, I'll, I'll do five minutes of stand-up, and then I'll start playing records. And then it grew to ten minutes, and then mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, somebody yelled out, "Hey, when are you going to start playing the music?" <laughs> I thought, "Oh, <"Uh-oh." laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's what you get for combining." I I better,
2: yeah, I better uh, maybe I better switch gears. Maybe I better—it's uh, time to flip over to stand up and uh, do that full time.
0: Yeah. Well, you got some excellent.
2: Didn't feel like a. It didn't feel like it was going to be that easy. I mean. Because you take away that net, you're not going to make any money when you first start. No, very difficult to make any money. So, yep
0: yeah, that's that's what I've seen and heard. It's uh, but you've got some especially great.
2: Especially now, this is the only profession I know where the money goes down. <laughs> <laughs> it, get, it actually gets less. Well, like we're making less than what we made back in the '80s. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, like a, a middle act or
0: a feature used to make at least $1,000 for oh, wow. a half-hour spot.
2: Now they're lucky if they get two to $300 for the week.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there was a big uh, awakening in comedy between 70s and 80s, too, and then, I don't know, I can't speak to the whole marketplace of what happened, too, but there's still a market for comedy, and things shift, and now there's Netflix and all these other things. So I, I hope to see a Greg Morton Netflix special. I hope to see you on... Uh, Comedians and cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, and uh, I want to see you all over the place because I think you're of that caliber, my friend, and uh, definitely, oh, thank thank definitely so a much. unique talent. So, uh, and when you're in Vegas, look me up, and uh, you've got my number now. So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'll take you so. to dinner or something. But in any event, right. tell me what you got. This tour, anything else we want to talk about with the tour, or anything else you got coming up before we wrap here?
2: Um, well, I, as I said, I'll be coming div- to back to vegas uh for new year's and i've got some uh, a lot of stuff in the midwest if you go to my website Mm gregmorton.com and uh it's it's a blog site you can subscribe there you'll get a weekly blast of where i'm gonna be and uh, coming up very shortly i'll be in uh erie pennsylvania followed by cleveland ohio i've got some uh some things i think wichita else tonight oh, i'm going to arkansas crazy crazy i'm just so incredibly busy i can't even remember my own schedule so yeah <laughs> well it's all in the morning i look at my calendar where am i going today <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good place to be at though and for the rest of us go to GregMorton.com, and we can it's all right there and uh, and writing on this on the site so we can all and and subscribe too so well yeah. greg thank you for being so generous and so you know, personal and intimate about this comedy journey you've been on, and for sharing these great uh, talents and everything with, with the rest of us. Uh, I love it, and uh, <laughs> look forward to more, to more things to come. So, thank you, Phil. And for our audience, as usual, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit empowerhumans.com. We'll catch you next time.